Steve Jobs by Walter Isaacson One sentence summary Steve Jobs is the most detailed and accurate account of the life of the man who created Apple, the most valuable technology company in the world. My favorite quote from the author is, The people who are crazy enough to think they can change the world are the ones who do. Steve Jobs My mom gave me this book for St. Nicholas Day in 2011, shortly after it had been released, just about three weeks after his death. It's a massive read, but a fascinating one. It was written by Walter Isaacson, former CEO of CNN and managing editor of Time magazine. And it's not only the most detailed and accurate book account about Steve's life, but also the only authorized one, since he wrote the book with Steve's consent. Isaacson conducted over 40 interviews with Steve Jobs over the last two years leading up to his death. Here are three interesting things I learned from the summary, which you probably find and won't find elsewhere. 1. Steve Jobs' team invented a name for his most important skill, the reality distortion field. 2. The Apple name was chosen for a very specific reason. 3. Apple didn't make Steve Jobs a billionaire, Pixar did. Let's take a good hard look at those facts. Steve Jobs, Lesson 1. Steve Jobs' reality distortion field got its name from his team. This answers the question, what was Steve Jobs' most important skill as the CEO of Apple? The skill that allowed Steve Jobs to create this huge vision for Apple out of nothing was not his obsession for detail, nor his sense for design, simplicity or aesthetics. It was his reality distortion field, or RDF in short. The phrase was originally coined by Bud Tribble, part of Steve's Macintosh team, who borrowed the term from Star Trek. Talking about Steve's RDF became a thing, and what it meant was this. Once Steve decided that something should happen, he would bend reality to his will until it came true. This extended to everyone around him. His RDF is how he could convince a sleepless team of engineers to work another 10 hours on Macintosh fonts because it would be the greatest computer in the world. He also used it to make sure anyone who left an official Apple keynote was convinced that the product they just saw was the best in its industry. By using charisma, hyperbole, marketing and persistence, Steve would pull impossible feats into the realm of the possible for himself and his audience, allowing him to create what has become the most valuable technology company in the world. Steve Jobs, Lesson 2 there is one major reason for Apple's name. This answers the question, where did Apple get its name? The first thing anyone wonders about upon learning about Apple and its products is where the hell it got that name. They're not selling smoothie makers, after all. Of course, there are several reasons for the name, one being that Steve was often experimenting with fruitarian diets and, since he really liked apples, had been on an apple farm the same day the name had to be decided for official filing to the government. Another reason is that simplicity is the ultimate sophistication. A quote by Leonardo da Vinci was the slogan for Apple's first brochure, and Steve felt the apple symbolized this quote really well. But the one major reason for Apple's name has nothing to do with personal preferences and symbolism. It is a simple, clear-cut business decision. Apple comes before Atari in the phone book. 
Steve had worked at Atari before and didn't want people to see his competitor first when looking for a computer company. I'm not sure if phaser beam computers was ever in play, Matrix Electronics definitely was, but the discussion about the name is also one of the funniest scenes of the 2013 Jobs movie, so if you get a chance, check that out. Steve Jobs Lesson 3 Steve Jobs did not become a billionaire from Apple products, but from Pixar's IPO. This answers the question, how did Steve Jobs become a billionaire? Have you ever wondered who Steve Jobs was before he became a billionaire? Well, everyone assumes all of his money came from Apple, but his bank account actually made the biggest jump on a whole other project. So, after being fired from Apple in 1985, Steve really sunk his teeth into two projects. Next and Pixar. Teeth in this case also means money. Steve paid a $100,000 flat fee for the logo design for Next alone. So that, next to countless delays and some other costly production standard demands, made Next a black hole where money disappeared like nothing. In the Pixar case though, Steve purchased a majority share of the company, about 80%, from George Lucas for $5 million in 1986 and invested another $5 million right into the company. By 1995, Steve's total Pixar bill had racked up to a grand total of $50 million. He often considered selling it, until a deal with Disney came through to produce and distribute Toy Story in 1995. Grossing over $350 million, the movie became the most successful movie of the entire year. This, of course, led to a very optimistic outlook for the company, which held its initial public offering on November 29th that year. The company's stock was priced at $22 per share, giving Steve a 20x return on his initial investment and making him a billionaire overnight. His stocks were now worth $1.2 billion. My personal takeaways from Steve Jobs for 2017. I admire Steve Jobs as much as anyone. Um, I first learned about him, phew, when was that actually? It, it, it was kind of late, I felt. Um, I want to say when I was probably 18 or 19, because I wasn't big into Apple products and, and Macs until the iPhone really took off. And I got my first iPhone in 2010, and I think that's when I really started um, learning more about the guy. Obviously knowing him from before, from, from I guess the original iPhone launch when the company started getting more of my attention. Um, but really in 2010, uh, when I took a shine with, to Apple products, I started learning more about him as well. And so I remember the day he passed away very vividly. I was doing an internship um, at a at a industrial company and then we got the news in the morning passed away and then as i said my mom gave me this book the year after uh no the a couple of weeks after and um the reason it was really important to me was to read that book and i think if you're if you like steve jobs whether you like steve jobs or not so if you have an attitude towards him that's either i love this guy or i hate this guy then you should read the book right if like he's just some guy to you and like you haven't heard much about him and you're not really interested okay that's fine but if you have a strong opinion about steve jobs which one ever it may be um, then i highly recommend you read the book 
because in the wake of his death, so many articles have been published and so much talk has been going on about him being either the dick or the hero uh, that I highly encourage everyone who read those articles and has probably conformed to one of those opinions to learn more about the guy from like a credible source, which this book is your best shot at. Um, a couple of things uh, I like taking from him uh, in terms of learnings is the reality distortion field uh, and probably not in this it doesn't have to be always have to be this extreme sense that like oh you give up on sleep and then you do x y and z it's just that being a lot more ambitious with your goals because if you settle for something realistic or mediocre then your actions will just follow suit right but you can always if you set something that's a bit of a stretch and that's that seems at first like it's hard to accomplish or impossible even um, no matter where you end up in the end it's going to be closer to that than to the mediocre version you would have set instead of it right so if i say i want to make a thousand dollars from scratch from some project next month or let's say like 200 it's like okay like i know i can do that right like it's realistic but if i said something like i want to make thousand or let's say like five thousand next month from this one project that's insane that's gonna have to like my work has to be very focused on that i have to work a lot and so on but even if i get to just like three thousand it would still be way more than the say 200 i i could have settled for because i know i can do that right so i like that part um i also like what cal newport has said if you uh so Good They Can't Ignore You is a good book by Cal Newport and it breaks down Steve Jobs' path of life in terms to, of passion and, and finding work he loved. Um, because what he says is, do what Steve Jobs did, not what he said. So don't listen to his passion speech and so on so much um, and focus on forcing you to find your passion so you have something you can uh, you can work with with fun and motivation. Rather just pick something that you naturally gravitate towards and then let that passion build over time. Um, that's another thing that I did. And he might have created, Steve might have created a, a distortion there um, in a way he didn't intend to. Because he really, he wasn't that passionate about computers when he started out. He got into this stuff because uh, Steve Wozniak was the computer geek guy, right? And uh, he introduced Steve to this kind of stuff. And then Steve had the vision and everything for it. But that developed over time and his passion for computers developed over time. Um, so I think that's another important takeaway. And then one more thing, uh, which I've been hearing is if you look at CEOs of startups nowadays and many popular startups, some are really trying to pull Steve Jobs and be really mean to their employees and so on. Uh, and I don't think that being mean to your employees or just being an ass in general, um, uh, is a good strategy. So I wouldn't necessarily pick that up from him. I don't think that leadership style is something you have to you have to pick up it's just as the way steve was and it worked for him but that doesn't mean that yeah being a leading through fear i guess is the proper way to go so if that's not your natural inclination then never do that just because someone like steve jobs did it and apparently was really successful with it all right that's a lot of rambling on steve jobs i hope it's been helpful and oh by the way, number one book that influenced Steve Jobs, The Innovator's Dilemma. Just wrote a summary in Four Minute Books this week. Um, it's about tech and how to how to create innovation. So hope you'll uh, check that out. Hope to add that to the roster of Four Minute Folio soon. And see you on the next summary.